Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. It depends when you're listening to this, but last month, which would have been June of 2018, my company, DemandGen, celebrated its 11th anniversary. And so I've decided that today was a great opportunity to put together a podcast for you with some reflections of the changes that have taken place in digital marketing and what I've personally experienced working with you know, 400 companies over that past decade plus on their digital marketing journey. And then I'm going to wrap up with 10 recommendations for you, just some lessons learned that I want to share with you. So today you've got just me on the podcast, and before I take that walk down memory lane with you and share those recommendations, I want to say thank you to every one of you listening that is a client or a partner or an employee or a former employee. Without you, Demand Gen would just have been an idea. And you know, I, I, we made the Inc. 500 twice. I, it is incredible. We could not have done that without you. Uh, we've won a Best Place to Work Award. We've been nominated, not, not nominated, we won one of Silicon Valley's fastest growing companies. And together with our clients, we've won over 70 awards, dozens of Revies, Markies, Stackies. And I do like to say uh, and, and telegraph that 60% of the Serious Decisions ROI award winners have been our clients. And I share those successes with you because could not have done it without you. So thank you. Beyond those awards, though, you know, when I look at the valuations of our clients, they are crushing it. I'm talking about the public companies and even the inside information that I get from our clients that are not public, you know, they are outpacing the competition. And, you know, I definitely would like to think that, you know, we play a big role in their growth and success. And so this program is really about sharing some of the lessons and things that I have seen that is working within these, these companies. And so let me take you through that. Um, before I do, though, our mission as a company is essentially to make our clients even more awesome. Heroes, we like to say at DemandGen. So again, I just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support and taking bets on us. All right, now back to the program. So let's just say I'm standing at the entryway to memory lane, and I want to reflect on the advances in digital marketing. When we brought on our first 14 clients in 2007, pretty much all the work we were doing for them fell into two categories. We were deploying their marketing automation system, and we were building emails, landing pages, and executing campaigns for them. Very tactical stuff. Marketing departments uh, pretty much at that time consisted of a head of marketing called the VP of marketing. There really were no CMOs at the time, titles. And there really wasn't even the demand generation title. And yeah, I'd like to think that our company's name was a big driver for that becoming a, a household term, but maybe that's just my ego talking. But there really wasn't a head of demand generation at that time. And now the term demand gen, boy, if I had a nickel, but uh, you know, there's a head of marketing and now a head of demand generation. Changed a lot since 2007. The people 
that we worked with in 2007, like you know, the team that we were an extension of was that head of marketing and someone that had responsibility for the marketing automation system. They, you know, still today, but you know, then were called the marketing automation manager or the marketing automation administrator. Within about two years, there definitely emerged this head of demand generation title, and they have become and had become our primary contact and certainly still is today. But in larger companies, we mainly work with the head of marketing, the head of demand gen, and now this head of marketing operations and a title that you know didn't exist even just a few years ago. So those are some of the changes we've seen in the organizational structure. And as I said, they were batch and blast marketing and we were helping them with that. And I candidly was really stumped that you know in 2007, people were investing in marketing automation systems, but mainly using them just for batch and blast marketing. And I think the reason I was stumped is, you know, when I started the company, coming from running marketing at Ellie Mae, where we were crushing it, we were doing nurturing, we had these dynamic personalized microsites, we had, you know, by today's standards, really primitive lead scoring, um, and we were doing a lot of sales enablement. And we even had an SDR team that was reporting into marketing, again, all back in 2007. So I just assumed a lot of other people were doing this as well, and they weren't. They were really caught in batch and blast mode. So the first thing I wanted to do to get our clients out of that mode was creating presentations that I put together about how to do lead scoring and how to do nurturing and how to operationalize the demand funnel, which you know I discovered just by being in the right place at the right time and seeing back in 2007-ish, Serious Decisions present their demand waterfall in a PowerPoint slide and, and thought, wow, that's a really good idea, and then just made it a passion of mine to teach people how to operationalize it and do it for them. I was just super passionate about let's get people out of batch and blast mode, and um, our business really quickly expanded from doing just deployments and campaigns to setting up these really kick-ass lead scoring and nurture systems. And as I said, we cracked the code for operationalizing that serious decisions waterfall, and we've now implemented it for, I don't know, countless clients. In fact, there was such an interest and demand in our lead management approach that marketing and my consulting team said, Dave, you got to write a book on this stuff. And so I published Manufacturing Demand in 2012. And that was only four years after I started the company. I didn't really know I'd become an author, but I certainly needed to take everything out of my head that I had learned and everything we were doing for clients and just document the hell out of it. And that book, I'm proud to say, has become a Bible for lead management. And if you've not read it, strongly suggest you go grab a copy on Amazon if you want a hard copy. Heck, if you want a hard copy, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I often kid around and say, my book is on the New York Times best giver list. No, there is no such thing, but I do give it away. And in fact, I give the digital copy away for free every single day on our website. So if you want to download the entire book, just go to manufacturingdemand.com, and that's probably the fastest way to go find it, or you can get it in the resources area on demandgen.com. And, you know, hey, you're probably listening to this podcast and you're in marketing or you're in sales, and yes, is why do I give my book away? Because I certainly want to inspire you and encourage you to work with us from reading the book, but it's a great book. People love it. It has changed their lives and their careers from reading it and implementing all the lead management uh, strategies in that book. And yes, we'd love for you to work with us on those projects. But hey, if you want to roll it and go your own way, do it, but read the book. 
All right, back into memory lane. Um, 2011, I discovered Marketo, you know how? From uh, a poker game. I was with a bunch of friends, and uh, one of my friends was employee number seven at Marketo, and he told me that they were working on this new marketing automation system. He knew what I did. And um, the product wasn't even in alpha at this time when I met John Miller and Phil Fernandez, and they were very nice to let me invest in Marketo, which I wanted to do to stay very close to the development of their marketing automation platform and certainly their executive team. And it was really great, and it certainly helped us launch our practice uh, back then. I became an advisor to them and, and you know guided them on their lead management module so that marketers who bought Marketo would be exposed to those capabilities, again, because I was seeing so much just batch and blast use of marketing automation. I tried to do the same for Eloqua, but they got acquired by Oracle, and uh, as you can imagine, little old demand gen didn't have as much influence on the product strategy uh, once under Oracle that we did when they were just Eloqua. However, we were successful in getting them to build their lead scoring module, and we helped with the Eloqua 10 interface. So we've had great relationships with Marketo and with uh, Eloqua and Oracle over this decade, and um, it's been nice to work very closely with those those two companies. Um, changed a lot once once Oracle acquired Eloqua, but we still have some great relationships. And um, what I tell people these days is, look, if you don't have a marketing automation sy- system, pick one that's right for your business. And if you're not happy with the one that you have, then switch. And I'll I'll actually get back to that in a moment. A little bit of a uh, I don't know if it's a secret, but Marketo and Eloqua still struggle today with getting their clients to adopt more of their capabilities. They they tell me consistently to this day that their customers very often get stuck in badge and blast mode, and they say it's one of the primary reasons that they refer and recommend their clients to demand gen so we can get them deeper into the product and use more of its capabilities. So if you are doing more than just batch and blast, kudos, because you represent a very uh, special class of marketer that is embracing these tools and using them. If you're not, you really need to implement lead management. And almost every one of our clients that we've worked with has done a lead management engagement with us, and it's transformed how they have aligned with sales. They find their deal sizes go up, their close one rates go up, sales cycles shorten, Lead management is really table stakes. Let's do it if you haven't. If you have and it's not kicking ass for you, let's talk. 2012. You know what happened in 2012? That was the time when the first real signs of MarTech showed up. And if I can take a little moment and pat myself on the back as a CEO, I am proud that I really pushed my team and told them that we need to help our clients with more than just marketing automation and CRM and website technology. And that wasn't going to be enough anymore. Like I could see that, you know, our clients were going to buy some of these shiny new toys. And I want to make sure that my team was prepared to help clients identify, select, implement, integrate, and optimize those tools. And we've been helping them establish, you know, a marketing operations function, which is much like an IT department within marketing, helping them build up and set out their global demand centers and helping them to become full stack marketers since 2012. You know, we were the very first agency to embrace MarTech and I love technology. I mean, I'm a geek. And so, you know, the science of marketing is fantastic. I started the company to help people with marketing automation and digital marketing. And I am 
so glad that all of you have all of these 7,000 plus tools to have at your disposal. Now, getting the right ones and doing the right thing with those tools is absolutely critical, and it's been fun to help our clients for the past five, six years. All right, let's teleport to 2015, and the infamous three-letter acronym called ABM shows up. And my good friend John Miller, who, as you know, is the former founder of Marketo, he launches Engageo because why? He wanted something like it when he ran marketing at Marketo and decided, you know what? I'm going to go start Engageo and build the thing that I always wanted. And so just as I did when he was at Marketo, I asked John if I could invest in Engageo. He said yes. And again, I wanted to stay very close to the ABM space and his team and even you know more closely help him shape the product. And in fact, last week, I met with his team to work on the next major release. I can't really talk about what's coming. Well, I can't talk about what's coming at all. But I will just tell you this. It looks awesome. They now have hundreds of clients, so they are really listening to the needs of those clients and shaping the future releases uh, to address them. And let me just say, it looks like a yummy, tasty, delicious platform that is going to just bring more and more uh, ABM goodness to you. Candidly, it has taken until this year for marketers to realize, though, that ABM is not a technology or even a technique. I mean, yep, there is ABM technology and tools that you need to use to execute an ABM strategy. But first and foremost, ABM is a strategy. It's a go-to-market strategy. And you really, as a company, between sales and marketing, need to make a conscious decision to embrace that strategy before you ever go out and buy a tool or start dabbling with different processes. And I am pleased to say that after three years of piloting and perfecting ABM strategies and tool usage with our early adopter clients, that we now have great recipes for success. And just as I did for lead management, my new book, Agents of Change, will have chapters on how to get going and be successful with ABM. That said, don't wait for the book to come out. I'm working as fast as I can, but I would encourage you, if you're thinking about ABM and an ABM strategy, reach out to me uh, and let my team take you through some of the success models that we've been implementing with our clients. We've got the recipes down and uh, would love to work with you. We can help you with your ABM strategy. We can teach your team you know, the processes needed between sales and marketing and help take you through uh, what it's like to establish target accounts and put the plays together to engage with those target accounts. Another thing that we've been helping our clients with is selecting and implementing their ABM MarTech tool set. As, as you've seen, so many MarTech vendors have hung ABM on their capabilities, and so we've been making it all make sense for our clients and introducing to them the right tools uh, based on their needs. You know, I like to tell people that, you know, ABM is a journey. It certainly is. And um, selfishly, I want to suggest that you have a Sherpa, like my company, DemandGen, to work with so that you not only have the strategy and the right processes, but you get the right tools at the right time and avoid making some costly mistakes that we've seen others do. And you don't have extra marketing budget to waste out there. So make the right decisions. All right, so that's my tour down memory lane. It is now 2018, and so I, I put together on a recent flight 
just a list of like lessons and recommendations for you. Um, I'm going to use a little bit of like a people, process, technology flow, somewhat of that. But uh, here's my top 10. Number one, which has to do with kind of a, the people thing. Some of the essential roles that we see in the most successful demand generation teams are a marketing operations function. I don't mean just a person. I mean marketing operations is a function led by a person. Along with that is a demand generation function, a separate function so that someone and a team is thinking every day of the campaigns and programs to build and execute, and there's a marketing operations team, a separate team with a separate leader that enables the creation and execution of the uh, programs and technologies needed for doing so. We've seen that split. You also should have a no-brainer, inexperienced marketing automation manager and someone who has responsibility for that platform. You also probably have on your marketing operations team, by the way, someone responsible for all your MarTech tools, but I just want to call out that you've still got and need a marketing operations, a marketing automation manager, rather. If ABM is a strategy for you and you're committing to it, you probably should have an ABM manager on your team. Um, we can talk more if you want about the roles and responsibilities there, but let me just park that, that you should have an ABM manager in a larger marketing organization where you have an ABM strategy. You also should have, and I don't know if this is a people or a function, but I just wanna call out, you should have an analytics function. You should have a data operations function. Both of those pieces are so critical and require uh, a level of expertise that, that is now a function and not a night job for someone. And then lastly, in the people area, on this is just recommendation one, uh, an SDR team that is ideally reporting to marketing. Uh, I've got other podcasts with John Barros that talks about that if you want to listen to that. Um, but even if they don't report to marketing, just make sure that they are tightly, tightly integrated to marketing because hashtag one team and the SDR function is so closely aligned to both marketing and sales. Um, but you need one uh, in a B2B environment, no doubt. All right, number two, build and run a global demand center. And this is, you know, a group of people that are functioning as your, you know, email operations, if you will, campaign operations, um, so that you've got a demand center that's, you know, handling the planning and production. And that's got to run like a very well-oiled machine with really good governance and operations, very well-defined and implemented. Uh, again, selfishly, outsource this campaign production. Again, I hope this doesn't sound too self-serving, but you should outsource campaign production. All of our large and mid-sized successful clients outsource the tactics of marketing like email campaign production, and they are crushing it because they can scale. It's very labor-intensive. It's certainly very tactical. You got to worry about hiring and training and recruiting. And let's face it, probably no one on your team wants to do email marketing for the rest of their career. So there's a lot of turnover internally. It is something you should outsource. It's way more cost-effective to do so. And so if you've got a global demand center where you've got demand center leaders, their team should be, if not entirely outsourced, partially outsourced to a team like mine. Number three, and I know this is going to sound like motherhood and apple pie, but align with sales and take more ownership of sales enablement. 
I can't stress this enough that the clients of ours that are doing so, so well, they have this kind of hashtag one team mindset and culture. Um, even though it's a right hand and a left hand, it's one function, one body. And so if you care a lot more about alignment and work together on lead management and on ABM and look at your MarTech and sales tech as one integrated infrastructure, man, you can accomplish anything uh, together. We got to get these teams to function as one team, even though, yes, they are totally separate and different disciplines. All right, let's move into a few process recommendations. So uh, number four, get out of batch and blast mode. I think I hit that early on. It is 2018 people and marketing automation has been around for 15 years. You've got to implement lead management before the end of this year. Just commit to it or just commit to it to a future quarter. Uh, You will not align with sales, my last point, unless you do and you will be forever trapped in the more leads, more campaigns game until you are marketing while you sleep. And lead management is the way to get out of that, get unstuck. All right, number five, as with lead management, it's probably also time to get on the ABM hype train and commit to an ABM strategy. And I say probably because it's not for everybody. Happy to discuss with you if it's right and time for you, but it probably is if you're in B2B marketing and it makes sense for you to go after a set of target accounts, um, why not? Why wouldn't you do that and be more efficient with your marketing spend? It doesn't eliminate the need to do lead management in any way. You still have to do lead management. Let's face it, you are running programs and campaigns and contacts, individuals will respond. So that's lead management. However, on top of that, you need to layer in an ABM strategy and ABM processes so all those contacts roll up into those target accounts and you're tracking and measuring engagement collectively, okay? So number five, ABM. Number six, back on marketing automation. I mean, upgrade or update your marketing automation system. If you love the one that you have, well, at least assess it, clean it, optimize it. I don't know what time of the year it is when you're listening to this, but treat it like it's spring cleaning time. You've had the system for a while, and I bet it needs to be fully restored. Um, It probably looks like a big episode of Hoarders with way too many contacts and programs and outdated assets and just a whole bunch of garbage in there. And you just need to do extensive house cleaning and update those lead scoring programs and update those nurturing programs and optimize a bunch of stuff. Um, You should do it if you love the one that you have. If you don't love the one you have, let's say you got a cheap MA system because in my uh, experience, the cheap MA systems came because the IT group likely forced it on you because of other stuff they've bought from other companies and they've handed you this marketing automation system. Uh, Or maybe it was a former head of marketing that took the cheap route um, and it doesn't serve your needs. So upgrade to one that will empower. It, like I said, is the hub of digital marketing, and you should have a really good one that really suits your needs. Um, maybe the vendor's falling down. Maybe uh, they're not giving you the support that they want. You know what you should do? Let them know you're going to migrate unless they step up their game. Don't do that right at renewal time. Tell them now. If they are falling down now and forgot what, passion for customer services or innovation, let them know you're not happy. Let your customer success manager know that. So they at least hear that they're going to face attrition. 
Maybe they can address it for you, and if they don't, well, it doesn't come as a surprise. I will tell you this, in just the last several months alone, we have done probably a dozen migrations moving people. There is a lot of movement these days because a lot of people are unhappy with their vendor. And it's not just the legacy vendors. They they bought newer systems and found that they missed what they had. So, um, hey, if you're not happy, migrate. Let them know you will. Um, by the way, if you don't know if you should, we offer a marketing automation assessment, we being DemandGen, my company. So if you want one, uh, we'll do one for free, no strings attached. I mean, yes, you're a marketer, you're a salesperson listening to this program. You understand that, of course, we do assessments for free because we hope that the assessment and recommendations we provide to you that we can help with that stuff. Got it, of course. However, it is free, it is valuable. If you don't wanna work with us, no problem. Just go implement the recommendations, but some of you will want to, and that's that's cool. That's what we put it together for. It is very valuable. Don't confuse that just because it's free, it's not valuable. It's quick, it's painless, and um, people love it, so reach out. All right, now let's go and wrap up with four personal recommendations. These are my recommendations to you, the person listening to this podcast. Number seven, which is the first personal recommendation. If you're not constantly networking with your peers and staying abreast on new MarTech and methods, you need to get out of being so heads down and commit to continuous learning. If you are working with my team, that is certainly helpful to stay on top of what our other clients are doing and not doing. Um, there are some really smart marketers out there is my point, and you should be tapping into their knowledge by reading what they're posting on LinkedIn or on blogs, attending conferences and webinars uh, where they share their recipes. And I know that there's a lot of conferences and sessions that suck out there, but you do have to uh, what uh, kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince. I'm not sure that metaphor is working, but my point is keep reading, keep learning, keep staying on top of your game. Number eight my second personal recommendation. Take on more and delegate the tactical stuff to someone on your team or to an agency like mine. If you want to make more money in your career, if you want to increase your value, then you need to be seen other than being a tactical marketer who loves tech and wants to be so hands-on with the tools. When you've mastered the tool that you are so passionate about, it's time for you to oversee either many tools or to lead a team and, and start to delegate that. I know it's tempting to want to hang on to it, but you got to rise up, which means you got to delegate and let people take on those responsibilities you've had so you can take on some net new stuff. Number nine, my third personal recommendation, I touched on this before, so I'll just do it quickly, is to take a real interest, and this time I mean you, in aligning with sales. Set a goal to forge relationships with the sales team, even better yet, the sales leadership, and learn as much as you can about how they sell, who they sell to, everything is, as much as possible. Even how they use or don't use CRM and sales enablement tools. It's one team and show you care, do care, um, because you will be much better at what you do if you really understand um, how to unite sales and marketing, and you'll get a lot of respect for doing so. 
Um, the most successful marketers are the ones respected by sales, and that respect is definitely not given. It is it is earned, and you should be a champion of alignment personally with sales or with marketing if you're in sales. All right, last but not least, number 10, and this is very personal to you. You need to work on your personal branding. If you want to be truly successful, you must get on the path to becoming a teacher and not always the student. My mom was a school teacher. Great advice she gave me is the best way, David, she said, for you to learn something and master something is for you to have the goal and go out and teach others. And you need to work on your personal branding by becoming your own little thought leader, your own teacher. So here's a couple practical suggestions of how to go about doing that. Number one, update your LinkedIn profile and get very active on LinkedIn. As you see, I am active on LinkedIn. Um, If you're spending a lot of time on Facebook, maybe shut it down and commit to LinkedIn because if you're going to be on a social network, LinkedIn is your network for your career and a great way for you to uh, build your personal brand with publishing content and it's a great place to learn as well. Um, I even, in fact, have one client, I won't say her name, maybe she's listening, she's a CMO of a very large company, and she's been there for over six months, and she's not updated her profile that she's at that company in that role. I know she's busy, I know she's heads down, and she probably thinks of LinkedIn as a place for job hunting and recruiting, but it's not. It is a career network for you to network with your peers and colleagues, a place for you to learn, and a place for you to teach. And so, you know what? Just be a little selfish and market yourself. You'll enjoy it. I mean, it's great for people to respond to you and say, hey, I appreciate that thing that you wrote or what you shared. Do it. Uh, if you're doing it on Facebook, you, you get what it's like to feel that, that like or that comment. So why not do it around career content that helps you and helps them? Uh, along those lines, I want to recommend that you do a few public speaking gigs per year. On uh, a flight I was on this week, the gal next to me who's not in our industry, but she was asking me what I was doing. I said, I just give a keynote at a conference. And she said, oh, God, I hate public speaking. And we talked about that. And you know what? There is no reason for her to do public speaking after what she shared with me. However, unless you're her and there's no reason for you to do public speaking, you really um, should because nothing helps you sharpen your saw than forcing yourself to go share your recipes Um, to an audience. I think it's a great skill to have. But I'll say this, if you're not a public speaker and you don't feel like putting slides together with your content, well, guess what? Come join me on this podcast. Yeah, come join me on the podcast and share your recipes here. If you're a client of Demand Gen, I mean, without question, I'm going to put you on the program because I know about the work that we do. In fact, I've reached out to many of you and a big part of the next several months is having you guys on the program to share your recipes. But if for some reason I didn't reach out to you or you haven't responded, um, I would love to have you on the program. And if you're not a client of Demand Gen, that's okay. Reach out to me as well because maybe you've got a recipe that makes sense to share on the program. And yeah, just don't hesitate. Just drop me a note on LinkedIn or send me an email, david at demandgen.com, and say, Dave, I listen to your program. I've got some recipes for success, and I would like to share them with your audience and build your personal brand. That's the recommendation. And that completes my top 10 list and my the end of my walk down memory lane. I really 
can't believe 11 years have gone by since I started the company. Incredibly rewarding. And I just want to say thank you again to all the employees, former employees, clients, former clients, partners. Um, I never knew this was going to happen the way that it did. I feel very blessed and I feel just in your debt. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the program. I hope you got a little bit of inspiration, some ideas uh, for things that you need to do. If there's things that you want to get done and want some help, well, you know where to turn. That's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. There was a couple action items in there, like go get my book, Manufacturing Demand, if you haven't already. Come get a marketing automation assessment. I promise, no strings attached, and you will love the output document that we give you and the recommendations that we provide. And then lastly, action item-wise, check off some of that that top 10 list. Go do some of those things if you haven't already. And if you want to discuss any of this on a personal level, just reach out to me. I'm very accessible on LinkedIn. My email is david at demandgen.com. All right, that's it. I look forward to another 11 years together. Uh, I like to feel that this digital marketing party is really just getting started, and I love being your DJ here on Demand Gen Radio. Make it a great day, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.